0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am Stephanie Mahachek. I am so glad you are here joining me for another episode, or if this is your first episode, welcome. I love having you here. I am talking today about slowing down your eating. All you fast eaters out there, it happens, right? It, It happens, especially if you are a parent or if you have a very rushed job, or if you used to have a job where you only had like five minutes to eat. I, I talked to a lot of, of people in the medical profession or former nurses or doctors or things like that, who um, or teachers is another big one, who were forced to eat in like five minutes in between patients or in between classes or in between you know their duties at work. Um, and this habit, even if they're no longer in that job, this habit has continued on throughout the rest of their life. They've, they just now feel like they need to keep uh, eating quickly. It's kind of ingrained in them. So similar to previous episodes where we talk about habits and developing new habits and maybe releasing old habits that we no longer want, eating fast is a habit. It is, it's something that you've learned along the way. So I want to, through this episode, talk about some of the commonly or kind of traditionally given tips or tricks, if you will, about how to slow down your eating. Um, There's about 10 or so that I see pretty often being dished out as advice, which they're not bad, they're not good, they just, they are what they are. And I'm gonna go through them not with the intention of like discrediting them or anything, because I think people pick up on tips and, and tricks in their own way and certain things land in a certain way with certain people. So even though one of these things might not work for somebody, it may be the exact thing you needed to try, you know? So I'm going to go through like kind of the top 10 tips on how to slow down your eating that are commonly used. And then at the end of that, I am going to give you my favorite Tip that I actually got feedback today from a client who used it, and she said that it worked phenomenally and she absolutely loves it. So, I'm going to give that tip at the end of this episode. So, number one, I think we've probably all heard about this. If you are a fast eater, whether other people tell you you're a fast eater or whether you just kind of feel like you're a fast eater, like if you're, you're always the first one done. I know there's a lot of embarrassment and kind of shame that goes into that as well uh, and we can pick apart the psychology behind it if you want i mean especially people who grew up with larger families or with a lot of siblings or with certain siblings with different pa- uh, patterns and behaviors around food or your parents had certain patterns and behaviors around food you could have developed a, a unconscious or subconscious need to eat quickly Um, A lot of times, again, I I know I mentioned like the the learned habit around uh, work situations, but also college students tend to eat very quickly in between classes and on the run. Parents, of course, uh, new moms and new dads tend to eat rather quickly because they are trying to eat in order to manage the kids or fight the next fire that's happening with the toddlers or whatever. So however you identify yourself as a fast eater, whether it's you identifying or somebody else, hopefully some of these tips will help you. Okay, so number one is commonly given out and it's chew your food X amount of times, whether that number is 30 or 40, or I think I've heard 60 times before. And I'm like, good Lord. Um, That may or may not be helpful for you. And here's why. If you are so rushed to eat, or you're distracted with your eating or there's other things going on, are you gonna be likely to sit there and count your chews? Probably not. However, I have given this recommendation to certain people who digestion-wise need to thoroughly chew their food in order for it to be absorbed properly within their system. So that, that can go either way in this situation. We are a nation of super fast eaters and rushed atmosphere and bouncing from activity to activity and deadline to deadline and it's stressful and it's chaos and all of that. When you can, when you're also trying to eat during that time, you tend to not chew your food thoroughly enough. When that happens, larger particles of food then enter your stomach and are not able to be properly broken down and therefore not able to be properly absorbed. And then that can cause some absorption issues. It can cause some irritation in the gut lining, some inflammation. You can listen to last week's episode all about poop. Um, It can cause some digestive distress and it can lead to a host of other things, all because we didn't thoroughly and slowly chew our food. Our saliva, not to get gross, but our saliva has digestive enzymes in them, in it, that helps to break down the food into a usable and more uh, easily digestible, um, format when it enters our stomach. So the longer that the food is exposed to those digestive enzymes in our mouth, in our saliva, the better, because then it's going to help out the stomach even more. So chewing your food a certain amount of times can be helpful in that regard. And that's why I have given out that, that recommendation before. But as far as the habit goes of simply just slowing down your eating, I'm not sure if that's as helpful as it could be, but to each their own. All right. Number two, that's often given out, is put your utensils down between your bites. Now, this, of course, again, can be helpful. It can be helpful to have that cue of take a bite, put it down, chew, 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 pick it up, put it down, chew, chew, chew. I've, I've talked to a number of people who said that th- that's very helpful for them. So again, to eat your own, use what you, what you want, what's going to be helpful for you. Try out a few of these if, if you want and see what works and see what sticks. Um, so putting the utensils down in between bites can physically help you slow down your food or slow down your eating. Um, number three would be eat with the non-dominant hand. And I saw this one when I was doing some research on commonly given out, you know, tips on how to slow down your eating. I saw this one and it made me giggle cause I'm just picturing, you know, my own self trying to eat soup with the left hand. <laughs> I I'm like going to spill it everywhere. Um, so again, cautiously do this, but same with like brushing your teeth with your opposite hand. It does take more thought. It takes more intention. It takes more connecting with the action that you're doing. So when you put that in the framework of eating, absolutely that could help you slow down because you're physically not able to do that action as quick. So, um, this one, you know, like I said, try it out and see if that, that helps you. Um, but maybe be selective on what cuisine you're doing that with and don't try it with like hot soup and you spill it all over yourself. Um, okay. Number four is set an intention before you eat. So if you're able to sit down, first of all, I'm going to jump ahead to number nine, which is sit down when you eat, but. When you're able to sit down and before you start serving up your plate, before you start eating, anything like that, you sit and you have a second of intention. Commonly, people do this already. They pray before a meal. It's a way to disconnect yourself with the stress and activities of whatever just went on before the meal. And it's a way to now transition into a slower, relaxed eating environment so you can kind of have that that disconnection, that bridging, if you will, of the chaos to the calm. Um, so whether you're religious and you pray before meals or you simply want to just sit and, and quietly for about five or 10 seconds, something like that, think in your head some sort of affirmation, something like slow down or easy eating or breathe or whatever, some sort of affirmation that resonates with you that you can just kind of repeat a few times to help connect you with the fact that we are focusing during this time on slowing down and enjoying our meal. So then number five, this one is one that I want to uh, discredit a little bit. It is drink some water between your bites of food. Now, if you're saying what? That, That seems pretty standard to me to help you slow down. It is. However, Here's the problem with drinking too much water in between bites of food. You dilute your stomach acid. When you dilute your stomach acid, you're diluting some of the digestive enzymes in there. I'm also not a fan of that diet hack where people drink like a half a gallon of water before a meal. That's, that's probably one of the worst things you can do before a meal is drink a whole lot of water. Yes, it does fill up your stomach. Yes, it does cause you to eat less. I understand the logic behind it. But nobody's talking about the fact that it dilutes your stomach acid, your stomach acid needs to have a high pH, it needs to have um, or I'm sorry, a low pH. And it needs to have those acidic, that acidicness to be able to break down and trigger certain enzymes to be released, to help you break down your food. If you're diluting it, some of those enzymes don't get released. And then that starts a whole process of malabsorption and, uh, digestion issues that aren't needed all because you drink a bunch of water. So that one's a cautionary one, but it's one that is, uh, mentioned a lot that I just wanted to kind of have you understand what else could be going on if you do decide to drink a ton of water in between bites. Um, All right. Number six is have slow music playing during dinner or your meal or whatever. So if you're eating lunch like at work, or if you're eating lunch somewhere else, or if you are at home, you can have your headphones in with some calming slow music, or you can have, you know, music playing. This one is one that I'm actually gonna try because normally when I'm cooking dinner for the family, I have my Steph's cooking jams on, which is all sorts of like uppity fun dance music, hip hop, rap from the 90s. Like I got all sorts of stuff on my cooking jams album on Spotify or playlist on Spotify um but i never transition from that to something calming <laughs> so i'm interested to actually put this one to a test to see if it calms the kids down while while we're eating dinner, uh, I might have to put on some some sort of like acoustics or uh, you know instrumental music or something like that. But try and see if that helps to set the set the tone, set the scene. Um, again, if you just pop in some headphones while you're eating lunch at your desk, or hopefully you're not eating lunch at your desk, but some people have to. Um, or if you're in the break room, or if you're at a other spot where you tend to eat lunch. Put on some calming music, it can naturally help you slow down. Similar to when you go out for a walk or a run and you play fast paced music that gets you amped up, it gets you energized, it gets you going for that next, you know, mile or block or whatever. So, you can use the opposite of that to kind of calm you down and slow you down and slow down your eating. Um, number seven is often given out and that is to time yourself. And I'm a fan and also not a fan of this one, but I am a fan and I actually have told clients to time their selves, themselves when they're eating because sometimes we absolutely don't understand the extent of the issue until it is like right there with data in our face. So I had one person time their uh, lunch because they they said lunch was the most challenging thing for them. They timed their lunch and they had an entire like three course lunch in four minutes so it was it was very apparent to them that they are a very fast eater and what that helps to do is give you a baseline for where you're at but also it helps to show your progress So the next time that that person they worked on some of these tips and the one that I give at the end and you know within a couple of weeks or so from some intentional you know tips and, and actions that they were doing, they were able to stretch out their lunch break to nine minutes or around the nine minute mark. So to go from four minutes to the nine minutes, that's huge. And for them, it made all the difference in the world. So um, I'm again, I'm not a huge fan of like timer using a timer and then using that information to shame yourself. If you're like, yeah, see, two minutes and I, I knew I was too fast, I'm terrible, blah, 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 all these negative things. Um, If you're going to use it for that, please don't use that one. But if you're going to use it for simply the data and simply to see where your baseline is, that might be an appropriate use of that. Okay, number eight is envision where the food was grown and this one always makes me laugh I think this was one from like the intuitive eating handbook or something like that um, where you can you just sit and you think of like the farmers growing it in the fields and how they uh, harvest the crops and for some people that is a good Kind of reflection and a way to be grateful and express gratitude for their food, and I I love that. I think that's amazing to do. Um, again, though, I'm not sure if you're still in a chaotic environment. I'm not sure if that's going to help anybody slow down. Um, but again, try it out. It might work for you. Um, other things that you can think of is like, like not only where the food was grown, but maybe what does the field look like? So for somebody eating, say, like bread or something with grains in it, it can be kind of relaxing to think of a wheat field with the wheat softly blowing in the winds and like, you know, birds chirping and all that. So it can kind of disconnect you from your actual environment and kind of get you thinking about something more calming or soothing. Same goes if you're eating fish and you think of the ocean and the waves and the calming, relaxed atmosphere. So there is some benefit to that, but um, if that one doesn't work out for you, it's okay. You, there's plenty of other tips that you can try. Okay, number nine, I already mentioned it's sit down when you eat. I can't tell you <laughs> the number of people who stand and eat most of the time it's lunch or a snack or something like that. But especially parents, you are all guilty of this at some point or another, standing and eating while you're packing lunches or while you're prepping meals for your kids or your whatever you're doing, um, that can really cause you to eat a lot faster. It, it's almost surprising the difference between actually sitting and intentionally eating versus standing at the counter and eating as you're doing other things. So that, again, maybe you combine that with the timer. Maybe you do a little uh, self-experiment where you time yourself standing and eating while you're doing other things. And then you time yourself sitting in a relaxed environment and eating and just seeing the difference. Sometimes that might be enough to really open your eyes to the fact that, yeah, that is a big issue for me. And I do eat a lot slower and more controlled when I'm sitting. Um, Okay. And the number 10 that I wanted to talk about, which is a huge problem. I might have to do a whole nother episode on this, but avoid distractions while you're eating. So I'm talking about distractions like screens, TV, cell phones, computers, sitting at your desk in front of your computers, trying to get ahead on work while you're eating. That is a huge problem right now for so many people. And it's one that can have a huge impact on... Not only how quickly you eat, but your digestion and your anxiety. Think about this. I know I've talked before about anxiety and stress hormones and how they influence our digestion. Uh, But if you're sitting in front of something that is a stressor, like let's say you're watching the news or let's say you're looking at all the deadlines or the work piling up and all these things that are happening and it's stressing you out while you eat, you're causing a suppression of your digestion simply by doing that and now you're expecting your body to digest the food that you're eating rather quickly so there's a lot of of things kind of against you if you if you sit and do that. So not only are you eating quickly, you're upping your stress hormones, which slows your digestion and causes you not to be able to break down your food and process it and, and absorb it. Um, and then you're also not exposing your, your food to those predigestive enzymes in your mouth. And and then you're not connecting with the fact that you're eating. So that can cause issues of overeating or, uh, not, not remembering that you eat certain things and not being satisfied with your food. So it's a, a whole lot of negative when you're distracted. So if you can set down your phone, turn off the TV, listening to music is okay, of course, like we talked about calming music, Um, get away from the computer, physically uproot yourself from a screen and sit in a different environment, preferably at a table. Um, But see if that makes a, a difference in how you're eating and how quickly you're eating. Okay, so all of these they're fairly good advice. You know, Like they, they have some value probably in different people more so than others. And that's that's great. However, in a time of being rushed or simply when you're trying to establish a new habit, none of these will necessarily stick unless you have something that triggers or reminds you to do them. That's the biggest key. I've talked about habit development before. I will probably talk continue to talk about this until I'm blue in the face. And for those clients listening or former clients that are listening, we've gone over this. We've gone over the formula for establishing a new habit. And what does the very last part of that formula entail the reminders or the triggers. I don't like using the word trigger because it has a negative connotation, so I have switched it to reminders, but you have to have reminders to do a new habit. We are on autopilot the majority of the day, and when we're trying to establish or add in a new habit or take away a habit that we no longer want, you have to remind yourself to do that. So one, my, my big suggestion, that I have given to clients that seems to go very well in helping them remember to do any of these new things. You can pick any of the, the previously listed 10 you know, tips and try any of them out, but you need one little thing to help you remind yourself to do that. None of these are gonna be valuable to you if you don't remember to do them, right? If, if you're like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to use a timer the next time I eat. Okay. What's going to remind you to do that? Because if you don't remind yourself to do that, you won't likely do it. So the big tip I have that's been very helpful for people is having a visual cue. Now you may think like, what? That? That's what? A visual cue is something that you're going to see and remind you. It, it will spark that memory that, oh yeah, I'm going to do this new habit. So this could be something like, a post-it note on your table or at your, you know, on your computer desk or whatever. It could be a notification that pops up on your watch or your phone or your calendar. It could be uh, somebody that you eat with regularly that will f- actually remind you, oh, remember, you're going to focus on slowing down. Um, what I suggested to a, a couple of clients that they, they took me up on is having some sort of physical representation of the new habit. So for one, like I, I, one person has a little tea light candle that she sits in front of her plate at the dinner table. And it, it when she looks at it, she's like, oh, yeah take a breath you know calm down slow down check in with yourself type of thing another client said she has a little physical statue that she puts at in, on her table and then that has caught a, her a couple of times where she was eating pretty fast. And then she happened to glance down at that statue and it triggered her. Oh yeah, I got to slow down. I'm going to check in with myself. I'm going to slow down. So it could be something like a brightly colored napkin. If you want to be discreet about things, whatever makes sense to you, whatever the habit that you're trying to do, whichever one of those tips, or maybe a different tip that you're going to implement, have that visual reminder to remind you to do it. Because once you're, once you do the action, like we've talked about before, You can't form a habit by doing an action once. You have to repeat the action over and over again for it to form a habit. But you have to remind yourself, that's a big part of it, you have to remind yourself that this is something that you're doing. So just to recap, we went over about 10 different tips on how to slow down or what's commonly uh, recommended as ways to help you slow down your eating. We also talked about why we need to slow down. So remember it helps your digestion. It exposes your food to digestive enzymes. It helps calm and relax the digestive tract to get it prepared to absorb food. It helps you connect with the fact that there's food in your body and your you're more able to check in with your hunger and full cues. At what point are you starting to gradually get full? At what point are you still hungry? You know, so you're not going to overeat when you're, when you're physically checked in with what's going on with your body. Um, so a couple of, of ideas there, try out which ones you like. If you have one that I didn't go over message me, I would love to understand, or I would love to hear more about what has worked for you or somebody, you know, that has helped them to slow down. If it's one of these uh, tips that we didn't go over, I would love to hear that because I'm always talking with people about what works best for them. And some of the things that I think might help them they come up with something even better because you know you the best and you know what you'll be more likely to do. You know what's going to be helpful for you. Sometimes it just takes somebody asking the right question for you to draw that out. So if you come up with one or if you have one, uh, send it my way. Either email me or message me on social media or find the podcast on social media and send me a message about it. Put a post about it. I'd love to hear more about what you do. So your action task for today, try out one of these slow eating slower eating (laughs) techniques and tell me which one works the best for you but most importantly whichever one you decide to try or whichever one works the best for you remind yourself to do it in some way post-it note notification symbol of some sort on the table or in your lunchbox whatever it's going to do you need to remind yourself to actually do the thing i hope this was helpful if you have questions about this if you have concerns that certain things aren't working for you or if you want somebody to simply just ask you the right questions please reach out to me i do free 20 minute consultations all the time where we can just simply talk about your specific needs and your situation and see if working together would be beneficial for for you to help work you through some of these problems also the upcoming E3 program, the end emotional eating program, this is a big part of what we talk about. Uh, the, The eating behaviors and the patterns that so many people recognize in themselves, like distracted eating and fast eating and boredom eating and emotional eating. That's what E3 stands for is end emotional eating without guilt, shame or restriction. So we talk about a lot of these patterns and behaviors that we have picked up along the way. Doesn't matter why we picked them up. Doesn't matter if it was because of our upbringing or because of our parenting or because of our job situation or school situation. Doesn't matter. If they're not serving you now, if it's causing symptoms like we talked about a couple weeks ago, if it's causing distress, if it's causing symptoms, if it's manifesting into something that you don't want or is unhealthy for you, let's address the issue. Let's address the behaviors and the patterns. And that's exactly what we do in this upcoming six-week group program. So if that is something that is of interest to you or somebody that you know, there is a wait list, the enrollment for this, it will start on October 2nd. Uh, but the enrollment for this starts um, in a couple of weeks, so I have the waitlist going right now. I'm going to kind of keep it a shorter uh, group this time, just because I want to make sure that everyone is getting all of their needs met and all of their questions answered. And it's going to be very hands-on. Um, so I have a waitlist going, and once the the waitlist fills out, then I'm going to discontinue the registration. But everyone on the waitlist will be notified first of when it's time to enroll. So join the waitlist in the show notes, or you can go to foodfactornutrition.com and scroll down that homepage. It's about halfway down. It says End Emotional Eating Waitlist. So I appreciate you being here so much. If you were clicking on this episode and listening all the way through, that means that you've recognized something in what I'm saying, either in yourself or somebody that you care about. And if you know somebody who is struggling with this, or that you would think would benefit from hearing this, please share this episode. I would love for have to have them listen and hopefully get some ideas on how to support them. Um, Also, huge shout out to Robin Fleming she is a listener who has been sharing the podcast among her friends and her clients and I really 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 appreciate you sharing this. It it means so much to me that that you find enough value to share it with people that you care about. So thank you, Robin. I really appreciate it. And thank you to those who have left reviews. I really appreciate these reviews. It's really helpful in the whole algorithm situation to get the podcast seen by other people who also may be struggling with some of these things that you're struggling with that want to hear and and, um, implement some of these things into their lives. So thank you so much for leaving reviews. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. All right, that is it for this week. If you have any questions, reach out to me, but I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye.